Hello and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace and App Optics. I'm Simone de Rochefort, a video producer at Polygon.com. And of course, I'm joined today by Christina Warren, senior cloud Woo. developer advocate, and Brianna Wu, Democratic candidate for Congress. Guess what? Guess what? Guess what? What's huh. up? What's I up? did that without opening the document where I have your titles. <laughs> Yes, you are boss, Simone. Thanks. That's amazing. So Simone's I have boss. to ask you: Are you in a good mood today, Simone? Because like you, you, you're going to get all that money. Did you Did you hear about this? Uh, no. Tell me. Okay, okay. So with the the new tax bill that's coming through, <gasps> if and you know, so you do rent your apartment, right? Oh you yeah. Don't own it, right? Okay, and you obviously give over forty thousand dollars a year to charity. That's right? true. That's true. Yeah. yeah. And you make over a million dollars, right? Yeah. And, you know, it totally slipped my mind until just this moment. But you're right. I do. (laughs) Yeah. So you're going to get another $1,800 this year, which is a totally normal situation for someone to get a tax cut for. $1,800 whole dollars? Yes. On top of my million dollars that I make already? That's amazing. I really needed that money. Yeah, I know. I'm so happy Frank now. I, Frank and I are thrilled because we are expected to die this year, and <gasps> we have thirty million dollars in assets. Oh, and, and so and, it's not going to be taxed now, right? Exactly. That's fantastic. So my, That's great. My dream of my dog Rocket inheriting all of our thirty million dollars. Now Tax she will free. never have to work for she the rest of her to, life. She'll never have to worry about it. And, and, and her dependents yeah. won't. And, and yeah, exactly. Because your thirty million dollar, like, it's not fair, you know, for 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 any to be to be taxed. On 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 that. On um, yeah, very yeah, happy especially about Rocket. That. I, I would want her to just <laughs> I mean, live look, a that- life of freedom. I mean, she's a dog. She should right. never have had to work in the first place, and it's disgusting to me <laughs> that thanks to Obama, she had to get a job. Yep. This is true. This is true. And, true. and thanks to Obama, yeah, exactly. She uh, she had to get a job, and she had to pay taxes. Yeah, and uh, now she won't have to worry about any of that. I think it- every parent's dream is that their children will never have to work. Or, yes. or hard in their lives. So I'm very happy about this. <laughs> Let's talk about tech, though. Let's wow. talk about tech. Uh, you know what happened <laughs> is that the FCC uh, did their little vote thing on net neutrality, and they voted yeah. to repeal it. That, oh, that's a thing that happened this month. Uh, oh, so no. now I'm, several... so, I'm so surprised. I had yeah. no idea it was going to go this way. Yeah, because a, a lot of Republicans supported it, and the chairman was very vocal uh, in his support of repealing net neutrality. So shockingly, shockingly, somehow, despite the fact that... L- let me just ask one question, Simone. Yeah. Where, where where did the chairman of the FCC used to work? Who was his former employer? Um, <coughs> Verizon. <coughs> <coughs> was it Verizon? I, I, th- I think it was. And, and, and wasn't he... Didn't he call like the the first FCC rules? Didn't he like ri- like say an impassioned thing when he was at Verizon about how it was like the worst thing that ever happened? Yeah, and then free- I think I remember this thing where he decided uh, to disregard the comments from the public, which were bipartisanly pro keeping net neutrality, right? And decided to say like, no, I don't care, and I want to repeal it. Um, in so that the ISPs can, you know, have the freedom that they deserve. Uh, So several things can happen now. Um, The FCC has voted to repeal net neutrality. Uh, Many states, including Washington, are filing a lawsuit. Um, And there will probably be several other lawsuits as well, petitioning uh, the repeal of net neutrality. So this is going to be a very 
interesting, <laughs> interesting and <laughs> continuing stressful time going forward. I feel like I have some kind of PTSD between uh-huh. healthcare and net yeah. neutrality. I'm just like, same. Please just let me sleep. Yeah. Um, also, also, I mean, it feels like we just went through this because we did just go through this a couple of years ago and like it obviously worked in our favor. And now I'm just like so tired. Yeah. And and yeah. And, 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 yeah. and the people in office uh, do not care. And uh, they, they do not care at all. It, it, you, you pointed out that the state of Washington is filing a lawsuit. In addition to that, the state of Washington and the state of California have also said that if this is to go through, they will be passing their own bills or attempting to pass their own bills to make net neutrality um, uh, uh, legal in, in their state. So, so making the, 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 this, uh, you know, the new FCC rules not stick. Of course, you've had some con- uh, members of Congress then say, well, we have our own ideas for, for, for uh, you know, bills that will actually make those bills illegal uh, if they try to, you know, uh, uh, keep net neutrality a thing in, in their states. And, and, and we want to have, a, you know, a, a, a federal action that will um, ensure Internet freedom, they claim, even though it really will do hmm. nothing. Quote, unquote, uh, Internet freedom. It's moments right. like this that make you realize that our country is kind of duct taped together. Yeah, I was going to say, we're kind of launching into this topic without giving people background on it. So I know Rocket listeners are super, super smart already, but Christina, can you do your awesome thing where you summarize things <laughs> in an accurate and awesome way just yeah. so everybody's on the same page here? Yeah. Okay. So basically, I mean, you want me to just start with, with, with the kind yeah, of the current yeah, yeah. situation? What's net neutrality? Why is it important? What's the argument against it? Why does this matter? Okay. So before, I guess it was, it was 2014 was when the... Most recent ones were passed. Was it 2015? Yep. Anyway, uh, okay. So um, basically, um, historically, the way that internet hasn't uh, been class, it, it's been difficult from a government perspective how to classify internet. Is it a utility like power um, and, and water, um, or is it something that um, the government doesn't need to have any interaction with? And and the problem has been that we saw this with Comcast in in uh, the mid aughts, um, where uh, internet providers could basically say we have a deal with this company or or we don't like this type of traffic on our network. And so we're going to throttle the traffic in this way. We're going to kind of basically pick and choose how fast you can get um, access to certain services, not based on, you know, um, what our capacity as a network is, but but based on things like how much we value the relationship we have with that company, whether or not we like the the uh, protocol that is being used to transmit the traffic, uh, what whether or not the the service um, the, the the traffic is is going to uh, compete with our own company or not. And so you had kind of a lot of people talking about things like fast and slow lanes. And so the idea would be that if your ISP, who we should point out most people in the United States do not have any choice in, um, said, well, you know, we're mad at Netflix right now. So Netflix is going to be slow, um, but 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 don't worry. Um, your 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 Comcast uh, Universal, your Xfinity stuff will be super fast. Um, net neutrality would basically say that's not okay, and all internet has to, all services have to be treated the same way. And because it's 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 a uh, uh, regulated under what's called Title II, that's basically seen as utility, and the um, the the ISPs won't have the ability to say what can and can't. 
um, they, they can't prioritize traffic on their networks. Um, the Obviously, the ISPs weren't happy about this because we, we've talked before about something called zero rating. And this usually happens in the mobile context. And we should point out that mobile, none of none of your, your wireless telecoms, um, uh, many of whom are also uh, residential ISPs, but but on the mobile space, so, so your Verizon wireless, your, your AT&T wireless, your T-Mobiles, your Sprints, none of these rules affect them at all. Um, but um, what we've seen is this thing called zero rating, which is basically to say that a certain amount of data depending on what where it's used, won't count against your data cap. And consumers really, really like the idea of, of, of zero rating. But what it does is it actually decreases fairness and competition for other companies. So, you know, T-Mobile has, you know, a deal where basically they're like, hey, if you use HBO Now or, um, you know, Netflix or YouTube or whatever, it won't count against your um, st- your, your bandwidth cap. But if you use, you know, Joe uh, Schmo's internet uh, movie site, <laughs> it will. And, well, and, and that's one of the things that's really difficult about this. Like it's yes. devastating for competition. If someone came out with a you know video service today, I don't think like with net neutrality repealed, like if you know, YouTube or Netflix is getting special deals with the ISP so their exactly. you know, information is faster, it's gonna crush competition. And exactly. there's been a ton of tweets from around the world warning Americans of what happens when net neutrality is repealed. There's one I loved from Mexico. It was a woman uh, talking about how when she first came uh, to the United States, she was stunned to see people watching YouTube on uh, our phones because like the data was so incredibly expensive. You had to pay so much more for that. Exactly. Uh, and they would Mexico. charge by the yeah. service. Yeah. I mean, that, that's what happens in a lot of, a lot of um, uh, Asian countries is that the way that they kind of siphon up the, the plans is that they say, okay, you, you can't. And, and, and again, this is mobile, um, not, not residential, which is the context we're talking about, but the way mobile internet works in a lot of countries where they don't have net neutrality rules is you're not paying for access to the open web. You're paying access for WhatsApp and Facebook and WeChat. Um, you're, you know, and, 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 and if you want to access other apps, you pay a little bit more. And so the fear is, is that now that the ISPs can basically prioritize relationships and kind of pick and choose what's going to get priority access to their networks, there's a fear that, um, the companies will basically say, well, Netflix and, and us signed a deal. And so Netflix will be faster on our network than Hulu will, or, you know, if you're someone like Comcast or, or now AT and T, who's in the process of, of of trying to complete its Time Warner merger, our content is going to get prioritized access, and also that content won't count against your data cap. Um, and and so that puts people who aren't part of their uh, plan at, at a disadvantage. And and then to go back a second, as as I'd mentioned before, different protocols. Um, how a lot of this started was in 2007, Comcast started um, refusing to let people on their network use BitTorrent. And I remember this because I was a BitTorrent user and I was a Comcast <laughs> customer, and, and I yeah. had to figure out how to use VPNs for the first time. I'd never used a VPN before. And I, I, I signed up for a VPN service and, and had to install this thing called Tunnel Bear or Tunnel Blick or something like that on my um, Mac. And I even wrote a whole little guide about how to you know, get um, torrents working on your Mac. And that was actually a test article for a little website called the Unofficial Apple Weblog. Oh, and, wow. uh, and, and that was my first tech writing job. And, and, oh, but anyway, uh, it, 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 in retrospect, that was a test article that was far more advanced than probably almost anything that was published on that site. Um, so it's, I, I, I'm not surprised in retrospect I got the job, but it, it just shows that this was a real challenge where um, a, a common protocol, you know, BitTorrent, which 
even though it's used in most, you know, usually to, to download, you know, things that you might might not legally have um, access to, that's not the only use case. Um, you could say if they wanted to say, well, we don't want, um, we don't like, you know, Reddit, we don't like Discord, we don't like something else, we don't like some other protocol, we don't like Git, I don't know. You know, people could say we're going to say that traffic that uses these types of protocols aren't allowed on our network or will be um, given um, access that's incredibly, um, uh, th- that's given really terrible access. And that just sets a really nasty precedent. Again, because as I said, um, most people, people in the United States don't have a choice in who their ISP is. So if your ISP is making deals behind the scenes about what companies get access, and then they're saying, oh, well, but if you want the really fast internet, you've got to pay this and this and this. But if you want to get all access to all of these sites, you've got to pay even more. It's really, really negative. So Unfortunately, um, the FCC, uh, which is right now in, in Republican, uh, you know, majority, uh, has voted to repeal the the rules. Um, now it's going to Congress, who almost assert, almost certainly uh, will um, agree with that assessment, and then it will be up to um, if there are going to be there are lawsuits, as as Simone said, uh, uh, Washington State, the state of California. There are some other states who are uh, claiming to to bring up lawsuits. There will be a fight, but. I mean, I don't want to be pessimistic, you guys, but I don't have any hope for this oh, surviving at all. Like, this is gone. Like, our best chance yep. is to hope that we have another administration in, in um, you know, in 2020 and that we can do what we can to then, you know, take dis- dismantle uh, what happens now. It was actually kind of reassuring to me to read that um, that the, F- the net neutrality as we know it has only been since 2005, right? Right. That was when. So, and this is horrible, and I'm not happy about it. But it was, I guess, reassuring to know that this fight itself is so relatively young. Um, well, I it, mean, I think it's worth saying that in before 2005, you know, this was before the broadband era really, yes. really became widestream. So, like, I I can't even remember what it was in Mississippi growing up. It was some smaller dial-up like service, like a lot of independently owned places. You know, techies, people that understand this stuff. In net neutrality was the policy. Like we talked about it a lot back in those days. So, I I think like you've got to understand that like since Verizon went and gobbled up every one of these (laughs) and Comcast did too, it's just another, it's a whole different thing. I, I want to tell you guys this, this, this week we ran a lot of Facebook ads for my campaign, uh, basically right. Raising awareness on this issue, you know, raising money off of it, you know, basically communicating with voters about this. And I, I really want to tell you guys, I have been really taken aback by the right wing, Mm. um, misinformation about net neutrality. I, I have really been stunned by how many armies of people think this is about like consumer freedom or, or crushing the government or leaving information more free. Um, it's really left me taken aback to the point that it just really underscores how uneducated a lot of people are about technical issues. And it's, it's really been disheartening. 
Yeah, I mean, I think it also when when you name things like the Internet Freedom Bill and 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 you start to use that sort of language, people get confused yeah. about what it is. But you're right. I think that's why it's important that people like you, we have legislators or people running for office who actually understand the tech because some of the people proposing some of these counter bills are they don't under, they don't know what they're talking about. And yeah. um, in addition to that, they're getting a tremendous amount of money from the telecoms um, to to basically further the telecom interests, which are obviously not. Net neutrality. My sadly. good old pal, Mar- Marsha Bra- uh, Blackburn, you know, down in Tennessee, my good friend. That, uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, on the uh, on the technology subcommittee, she introduced a bill to save net neutrality that actually weakens and destroys net neutrality. Oh, <laughs> and no. As a result of this vote, there's a great uh, piece on it over at The Verge. But uh, oh yeah, I'm yeah, looking at is, that right now. Yeah, it, it, this is just it's it's a really disturbing blow for free information. And we are seeing the open web uh, attacked. And you know, this is the last thing I'm going to say on it. We're starting to have some really difficult conversations right now about Facebook and Google basically being the modern equivalent of robber barons. Now, I personally am not quite there. But there are people out there, they're looking at the amount of money that these companies have and really being nervous about it. So when you have things like net neutrality being repealed, it creates an environment where no one can go challenge Facebook or Google. Mm -hmm. It's just impossible at that point because they have economies of scale and they are just held to different standards. So to me, if people at Google and Facebook want to protect, they, if they want to keep government out of their hair for the longest period of time possible, it makes a lot of sense to me, like create, don't dismantle an environment where you can have competitors. Because exactly. that's the point where I can tell you for me, if I'm serving on that tech committee, if no one can come along and you know, challenge YouTube for a monopoly, that's the point where I start thinking seriously about antitrust. So uh, mm-hmm. absolutely. And I, and I think it should be worth noting. I mean, Google in particular is kind of in a or not Google, sorry, uh, Facebook in particular is in an interesting position with net neutrality, because on the one hand, they like to kind of talk the talk and say, oh, well, we, you know, support an open Internet and whatnot. But then if you look at some of the things that the company has tried to do, especially in India, where they try to kind of bring Internet um, through the lens of Facebook uh, to other parts of the world, it really is all about zero rating and, and, and usurping net neutrality. Um, under the guise of, oh, we're giving everybody free access to things. But really, it's, well, it's free access, but it's it's through our service. And 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 so that becomes really tricky. And I think, you know, we have to, even even companies that are on the surface doing altruistic things, you have to look at what is their ultimate bottom line. And, and, and their mission and their goals are often really not um, aligned with, with what's best for society. Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, when we talk about the fact that across party lines, most voters support net neutrality. It's also important to note that should net neutrality be repealed, it's going to create an even more divisive situation than even what we have right now, because people Mm -hmm. in rural areas do not have choices when it comes to their ISPs. People who are poor um, and, and rural, they're going to be completely or they could be completely cut off from the internet as we know it today, uh, which is not going to create a good situation for any kind of dialogue or education in our country. 
This episode of Rocket is brought to you by Squarespace, where you can enter offer code Rocket at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase. Make your next move with Squarespace. Squarespace lets you easily create a website for your next idea with a unique domain, award-winning templates, and more. Whether you want to create an online store or a portfolio or a blog, there's nothing to install, no patches to worry about, no upgrades needed. You don't have to worry about any of it. Squarespace has you covered. They have award-winning 24-7 customer support if you need any help, and they let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name. And all of their award-winning templates are beautiful. Beautifully designed. And they'll show (laughs) off your great ideas. I love my Squarespace website. I have fun. I'm going to go look at it right now, actually. I'm going to (laughs) go make sure it's still as beautiful as the last one. I had fun changing the width. Of my blog. That sounds really <laughs> silly to say, but I, I was messing with it a lot because I, I realized I didn't want it to be full width because most blogs aren't because of readability. And then I had fun like tweaking it like pixel by pixel and then refreshing it and being like, okay, how readable is that? That's a good one. What if I change it to this? Oh, that's good too. And just messing around with it. And I, I, I'm happy now. I think I've, I've achieved the exact correct blog width. And I was able to do that with Squarespace's tools. They let me be extremely precise about the width that I wanted that specific do you know what page. You should do some more. Yeah. So, like, John Gruber has like his gray for Daring Fireball, and he spent like a month staring at different shades of gray. Oh my gosh. You need to come with Simone color. And I don't know what that color would be. It may be beyond the human visible spectrum, but I think you need to decide that for your Squarespace blog. You're right. Ooh, I agree with that. I, agree. I, yeah. I mean, I, I like do that. have yeah. a gray background, but I don't think I spent as long as John Gruber choosing it. <laughs> I think I, I couldn't. I, I think a, you found a happy medium, maybe. Yeah, there, there's got to be like less than a month. Maybe I'll just spend like 10 days or something staring at the color gray. <laughs> I mean, that could be good for me. I think it'd make me feel great. Squarespace plans start at just $12 a month, but you can start a trial with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com. And then when you do decide to sign up, you use the offer code ROCKET at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase. Ensure you support for ROCKET. And that free trial lets you basically just build an entire website lets you mess around with Squarespace's tools. It's super fun. I did it. Uh, and then I, now I have a website. And that's what happens when you start building a website. You have one and then you want to keep it because you worked really hard on it. Um, offer code ROCKET. Again, 10% off your first purchase at squarespace.com. Thanks so much, Squarespace, for supporting Rocket and Relay FM. You know what else I like about them? They filed an amicus brief back in 2015 with the uh, FCC rules uh, strongly supporting net neutrality. So there are companies on the wrong side and there are companies on the right side, and they are on the right side. That's really cool. I didn't know that, but that's awesome. All right. There was a big feature at Glixel today by Disclosure former Polygon uh, reporter Brian Crescente. About Magic Leap. He got to test out Magic Leap. I I think we kind of, we've, before when we addressed Magic Leap on the show, um, we were less than thrilled, if I recall correctly, because of some very silly photos and the fact that not many people have been able to 
verify what the heck, like what what the hardware is and how well it works. It it, it all sounds a little bit like magic beans. Magic beans. Yeah. And honestly, this has not changed how I feel. Yeah, same. Same. We we uh, now have we now have photos or renders of what it looks like. Yes, and photos of the goggles themselves. And I think what what was the information that you were missing, Brie, when we were talking about this earlier? We're we're talking about I think frame rates. Yeah, I mean, we don't know all of it. All, all of it. We don't know frame rate. Yeah. We don't know battery life. We don't know CPU, GPU specs. We don't. Do we know resolution? Nope. Yeah, okay, so we 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 know very little except for what people. So what select people who have been able to um, visit Magic Leap over the last few years um, have told us in, in dribs and drabbles. Um, yeah. Now, what if I were to play um, Devil's Advocate? Yeah. And, no, that's fine. Okay. I'm going to do it just for funsies. Um, why why should we be so critical of this company who's trying to do something very new uh, with technology that is cutting edge and could be bringing something really cool to the market? Uh, because lots of people say they're going to be doing something new and cutting edge and then nothing happens. And they've raised, I, I think for me, the, the, the reason for the criticism is because they've raised a ridiculous amount of money and it's had a ridiculous amount of hype and kind of pomp and circumstance over it. And at this point, um, I think Brie, you said this, you know, earlier, it's kind of like put up or shut up. It's kind of where I'm at. I, I'm very excited by the potential of all of this stuff, but we've at least seen something more tangible than, you know, really long form articles um, and, 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 you know, controlled demos. Um, that's all we've seen is, is, is Stephen Levy did a really, you know, in-depth piece, which was well-written, but it was, you know, it's, it's, it's showing, you know, he got to see what the company wanted him to see. The same thing with, with, uh, with the piece in Glixel today is that it's, you know, it, it's all a controlled demo. So I, I still don't have any idea of, of what, what this is really going to look like and um, how realistic this is going to be as, as a thing, because there's just still so much unknown, at least for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's like, um, so one of the really big issues when you try HoloLens is the edges of it. Um, there's a very small field of view, and then it just kind of cuts out over the side. So the issue with that is it, it it's never really immersive, right? It's more like a HUD. Um, you know, with this particular prototype, I have to say, like, let's just go back in time and, like, you know, rethink what the promise of Magic Leap is. It's to magically imprint things on your eyeballs and you just see it like it's not even there and it it's not requiring you to like cut off all of your senses. I realize this is a version 1.1, but these are some hideously ugly glasses that and a big clunky GPU you're wearing on your belt. And it says nothing about battery supply. So, you know, where I am right now, like I agree with you, Simone, I don't, I'm rooting for this company to succeed. All things being equal, we've seen Oculus fail. We've seen HTC fail. HoloLens has not gotten, it's not where it needs to be. I want them to succeed. But this is vaporware at this point. It's kind of recycling ideas that other companies have done. And until I can have an experience like I had with Oculus where I can go somewhere and get a demo and see it for myself, I just just ship a product, guys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Do you do you think that something like this, uh, should it not prove to be vaporware, could be more successful than we've seen VR being, or is it just kind of going to fall into the same consumer hell of people not understanding what it's for or not needing it or being too expensive? Um, I think that it really depends on the implementation. I definitely think it could be more successful than what we've seen. I think the big thing would be if this could truly be, you know, uh, even if you have to wear a stupid GPU on your belt, if this is truly something you don't have to have connected to a computer, that opens up the door, I think, for a lot more experiences, a lot more possibilities. Um, and and that, that can get us closer to kind of this reality that I think a lot of play, people want us to be in where you can just put on a headset and kind of be in this other place. You know, get us one step closer to, to Ready Player One. I, I think that's where, you know, the vision of what people want to do. And I don't know if you get there, you, but, and you certainly don't get there um, as long as you're tethered to a PC. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and I certainly don't think that any of the mobile solutions um, are, are anywhere near uh, good enough. So... I mean, I think that if it's not vaporware, it's certainly if, – if this isn't – I'm not necessarily saying this would be the thing to make it mainstream, but this would be the sort of tech that would push things forward to help get it to be mainstream, if that makes any mm-hmm. sense. All right. We just wanted to yell for a yeah. brief amount of time about Magic Leap and how they need to show us a product so we can have fun with it. I Shout out if you want to send us something. We'll try yeah, we'll it out. Look at it. Bring it. We'll bring us to it. the no, studio. We yeah, let, let, let Brie for sure look at it. Let, yeah, we we would love we would love to be proven wrong. Please, but I mean, I want to tell Rocket listeners we very specifically said we're only going to cover this topic to be skeptical about it with our audience because it's it's not something we feel comfortable doing, like getting on the hype train for this technology. Yeah, and so, that's kind of that, you know, that is all that yeah. we. That's what I wanted to ask about is how you guys feel about the fact that so many of the the these big feature length pieces that we've seen about it don't really tell you anything except what that experience was like and no concrete details about the product itself or it, like there's so much still that's behind a velvet curtain and obviously that needs to happen with a product that isn't being shipped yet but it it does there is a lot of smoke and I'm not sure that there's fire when it comes to these long feature pieces about it. I would also say at this point, I don't know how much it helps. I think to a certain degree, I almost wonder if they would have been better off showing off the images of this is what the product looks like. And we'll have more details soon rather than having yet another, you know, flowery piece about how existential the experience is and and naming off all the high profile creators who have jumped on board and, and, and and are excited about it. You know, like I'm kind of tired about hearing about all of this stuff. I need to actually see something, see some sort of demo, like even a HoloLens style demo. I need to see something um, before I can accept any more of this hype. Yeah. This episode of rocket is brought to you by app optics application monitoring. Shouldn't break the bank. AppOptics is a next-gen application performance management system built specifically to help developers and DevOps teams trace distributed transactions through their complex environment. AppOptics includes broad APM language support with auto-instrumentation, simple and easy-to-use infrastructure monitoring, which is all built in, and it's all supported by a large open community. Their plan started just seven fifty a month, and you can learn more at appoptics.com slash rocket. That's A-P-P-O-P-T-I-C-S dot com slash rocket. Thanks so much, AppOptics, for sponsoring this episode of Rocket. 
I've heard so many good things about them, Simone. If yeah. I were still developing apps, I would be going to them in a heartbeat. Like everybody I know that uses them just has wonderful things to say. Well, we are going to have some things to say after I disclose to our listeners that we are going to spend the rest of this episode talking, or do we want to do Ocean's 8 first? Well, let's do Ocean's o- 8 we first. We're going to talk okay, about Ocean's let's 8. Tell, let's tell our listeners. Yes. yes. We're going to yeah. talk about Ocean's 8, and then after that, we are going to begin talking about Star Wars The Last Jedi. You will have ample warning before we begin talking about Star Wars The Last Jedi, but just know that the entire end of this episode will be devoted to discussing Star Wars The Last Jedi, a film which came out just last week. Hence yep. the, the, the five warnings the, the, that I've just story, given yes, you. Story, so, so, we're so we're going to end the show. We're going we're gonna to go through it like, what are you doing this week? Yes. Like, yes. Terminated. And then after Terminated, we are going to talk about Last Jedi. <laughs> so that's the point. If you haven't seen it, turn it off because the film is much better if it's not spoiled. But after, really after our whole spiel. But first, yep. oh my freaking God, I just watched the Ocean's 8 trailer and it's so good. Oh! It's so good. I literally... You guys. I... I, I I could not believe the images that were coming into my brain. They I, just... I was so excited. It was like it's literally the only thing I wanted to talk about yesterday, and <laughs> it was 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 the trailer. I was like, this is the greatest thing. I amazing. It's all I care about. So this is the all woman uh, sequel or like next installment of the Oceans series, starring Sandra Bullock in the role that would be the equivalent of George Clooney, basically in the the other Oceans <laughs> films. Um. It and Rihanna is in it, and uh, Kate Blanchett is in it, and uh, it looks Mindy Kaling, and uh, yeah, Kate, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, uh, Sarah Paulson, and Hathaway, yep, uh, yep. Mindy Kaling, like like the Bree said, uh, it looks so good. Uh, what what's her face? Uh, 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 Tim Burton's ex, uh, Helena Bonham oh, Carter. Helen, yeah. Yes, yeah. Uh, it looks so good. Like my favorite thing about this is the the persona that we see from Sandra Bullock in the trailer is like very restrained and then yes. also kind of wryly funny. And I really like that because I think I've only seen her in like straight up comedies, like the proposal or um, yeah, Miss Congeniality, which is a fantastic film. I've never seen her in a role quite this like restrained and cool before. I'm sure she's done it, but, uh, but yes, it was uh, it it something made me really happy about her delivery of the the lines that I saw. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. She uh was uh great. I mean, she kind of reminded me of of, of uh, she was in the movie. I think it was called a uh, Heat. Um, with uh, um, uh, was what's she her in that? Her re- with first Mo- really big breakthrough role was uh, role was Demolition no, Man, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, not no, not that Heat. Uh, it was called something else. It was it was the one with uh, Melissa McCarthy, uh, where they were. Oh uh, yeah, that that. Yeah. I think she's such an interesting actress because, like, when she was in the '90s, she kind of had these cliched like 90s leading woman roles that weren't very yep. meaty like if you go back and watch demolition man it's it's just kind or, of horrible you know or, what or, i well, mean yeah it well, speed uh the net the classic the classic film the net oh my god you guys <laughs> so you bad. guys we have to all watch the net together we've got to oh, we've got it's to. so terrible we've got it's, to. i mean it's it's so bad uh the, the hacking stuff in the net is oh my god and yet i love that movie uh but yeah you're right she was kind of rom-com and then she kind of shifted you know did more 
serious stuff. Obviously, uh, she won her Oscar for The Blind Side, and then she had her career resurgence with the proposal. And um, wasn't there Gravity? Was the, that was awesome. Yeah, Gravity she was, was great so too. Yeah, with, with George Clooney. Good in that. Yeah, Gravity was amazing. No, she she's awesome. But, but this looks like a really fun role. Everybody looks. You, I, I'd, I've been reading about this, and I'm a huge fan of the Steven Soderbergh um, films in general, as yep. I've said before. And I love the 2001 film, and 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 I don't like uh, Ocean's Twelve as much, but I thought Ocean's Thirteen is is quite good. Really? But um, I, I thought it I, was know, terrible. Well, in I, my thought, I thought Thirteen yeah. was better than Twelve, but but Eleven, okay. regardless, is fantastic. Very good. But yeah. but but I've had like high hopes for this because I've been hearing about it and, and and knowing who was cast and seeing photos of of Rihanna on 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 set. And I'm like, this looks cool. But then seeing the trailer, I was like, all right, I yeah, I I, I there's nothing else I want other than to see this movie. This just looks like the, if, it if looks it's like a, a fun heist movie about women who are good at their jobs yes. and their jobs are ripping yeah. people off and I'm happy about it. Exactly. They're going to the Met Gala, you guys. They're like, going to the e- Met Gala. E- 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 even the job of, of ripping off jewels at the Met Gala is the most awesome thing ever. I was like, yes, this is this is my movie. I'm so excited. <laughs> yes. No, you know, something I was really proud of with Revolution 60 when we shipped it is by having women in all the roles of a film, you let you let everyone have their own personality because like, look at the Avengers, right? Like Scarlett uh, Johansson, she's expected to be like, she can't like not want children or be, you know, unable to have children because she's the only woman in that movie in a real role. Mm -hmm. Right. So what I was really proud of with the revolution 60 is you can have a woman that is like this bitter commander that gets it done or this really bitter engineer or this like fun loving, like not particularly mentally healthy robot. You know, (laughs) that's what I love about this is it's, you've got all these different kinds of women that are there, like the super professional, like, woman that's organizing the whole heist, you know, mm-hmm. a mom that kind of has her dark secret life. You've got, you know, a woman that kind of wants to get away from her mom. You've got yes. like, you know, a pool hustler. And if any of these women were the only woman in a film, it might fall into a bad trope, but it's just like opening up a whole door. And that is so exciting for me. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And mm-hmm. also, I, I just want to mention that one of the cool uh, kind of Easter egg things with the trailer is that Nancy Sinatra's These Boots Were Made for Walking is the song. And and this is notable because, of course, Frank Sinatra was in the original Ocean's Eleven, which I don't think is a very good film. And uh, I, I just thought that that kind of I thought that was really cool. I thought that that, that even having like Nancy as like the, 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 the you know, not because El- I think it was Elvis who. Uh, they had on the soundtrack uh, for, for for the original Ocean's Eleven trailer for the 2001 version, but I just like the idea that you know Frank was in the original Ocean's Eleven in the 60s, and 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 Nancy is is you know singing in the trailer for for the 2018 version. Yeah, very exciting. Yes. Well, all right, let's uh, talk about what we're doing this week. Christina, what are you doing? Well, I'm flying home to Atlanta for the holidays. Um, I have not seen my mom um, in a very long time, and so I'm very excited to see my mom and my dad and my sister. Tell her we love her. I, I will. I will. In fact, um, I'm going to be recording Rocket next week from um, my parents' house uh, with, uh, with the mics that we set my mom up with. So that'll be, uh, that'll be really good. And uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm going home for Christmas. So I'm very excited. Yay. I'm also finally recovered from the flu. So after we spoke last week, that was literally the last time I felt good for like six days. 
I'm so sorry about your I, I your missed sickness. the holiday party. I missed like everything. It just like hit me hard. I had like the flu from hell. But I'm fine now. But yeah, so I'm going home for the holidays. Yay. Awesome. Uh, I'm so Oh yeah, go on. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, no I'm no, also no. going go home uh tomorrow for the holidays. I will be recording Rocket from my mom's house too. Oh. So exciting. Um, how long are you gonna be in Seattle? I'm there till New Year's Eve and then I'm flying back. Shoot. Yeah. I I, I come in on the 29th. Oh, come on. I come on. back on the 29th. <laughs> I mean, I guess that that does leave a very narrow window. I'm just not sure. We could maybe. Because I, I wouldn't yeah, want to okay. leave my mom's house early is the thing. Um, so maybe we'll just see each other next year. <laughs> we'll see. Um, we'll and then try. I have my Game of the Year video coming out <gasps> next week. So I'm very, very excited for that. Uh, it was... <laughs> I, I'm actually I'm really proud of it. Uh, I did some cool, cool stuff that I hope people enjoy. And I don't want to spoil it yet, but it was super, super fun to do. Um, some good games on it that weren't necessarily represented as much on Polygon's uh, top ten. So I'm glad that I got to kind of give some some airtime to them. So I'm look excited. To that. Yeah, like text that to me when it comes out. So I, I can will. I will that remember out. to do I want this. People Same. to see that. Just like yeah. I'll remember to pack my passport when I pack my bags to go back to Washington. Pretty, what smart. are you doing Very this smart. week? Well, I will not be going home <laughs> to see my parents because, you know, yeah. my husband is not white and that would be very awkward. So, uh, yeah, they're they're not great people. Um, but I will be moving, which is very exciting, Woo-hoo. to our gorgeous, gorgeous new three-story awesome house with a huge backyard. Uh, we've also got our awesome Star Wars uh, uh, event, fundraising event tomorrow in Dedham. It's really exciting. Like this is, as we'll talk about it in our next segment, this is a good movie for a Democrat to fundraise with, I feel. So I'm very excited about that. But mostly I'm excited about my brand new house. That's very exciting. Yay. And your dogs are excited too. They're very excited. (laughs) Well, Brie, where can we find you online? You can find me uh, at Space Cat Gal. And uh, this is really awesome. Guys, if you want to volunteer for my campaign, uh, go to Brianna Wu 2018. By the time this is up tomorrow, uh, we are instituting some new software. You don't have to live in Boston to uh, volunteer. We can put you on our digital team to help us get out messages. So uh, I hope you guys will consider uh, jumping on there and volunteering there. Yay. What about you, Christina? What's up or with your online presence? <laughs> uh, you, you can find me on Twitter at film underscore girl, also on Instagram and uh, the, the, the Snapchats rarely. Um, I'm going to be doing some surgery on my mom's computer on Friday after I get into town. Well, she has a 2010 MacBook Pro that is, you know, old as all get out, but is, is still enough for her. And so I bought her an SSD and oh. new RAM. And so, um, you know, the, the, the surgery itself will take me under five minutes. So I think I'm probably going to periscope that. The, the thing that'll take a while will be doing the migration of uh, her old hard drive to the new one. But oh, you're um, just going to mirror it? Yeah, I'm mean, or okay. do a time machine or time yeah, machine backup. Yeah. Probably, uh, probably just do a time machine because um, she already has one of those. So yeah, so but but that that'll take the longest part. We'll just be installing the new uh, system. But um um so yeah, uh, if if you want to watch uh, me open up a really old computer um 
on the internet. Stay, stay tuned to my, my Twitter on Friday because I'm going to do that when I get home. Yes. You know what's so frustrating about that is older MacBooks, they limit the uh, throughput at three gigabits per second. Yep. And I know. pretty much every single new modern MacBook will do, like every new SSD will do many, many times that. I at know. least six GBPS. So, I know. I know. You know. I, so that was one reason why I didn't like go out of my way to like, buy the most expensive or, or best SSD because yeah. it's not going to work. Um, so, but but I, she's going to go from four gigs of RAM to eight gigs of RAM, and from no SSD to an SSD. So it is going to feel like a brand new machine to her. You're a well, hero. It's like a, it's an advantage too because you can get like an older SSD, which will cost like a fraction of it. Because yeah, I did I this did. with I, my I, husband's. I, yeah, yeah. I got I got an older Samsung instead of getting the eight fifty. I got like the eight forty or something. And that's so, the yeah, same was, one I did. That worked out <laughs> yes. great. Yeah, and, and it's, it's it's a great drive. I used to actually have that drive in a twenty ten MacBook. So uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so you know this. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you can find me online on the Twitters at Doom Quasar and at YouTube.com slash Polygon. And next week I'll have my uh, Game of the Year video linked in the show notes when it goes up. And um, this episode of Rocket should be rated by you and reviewed on Apple Podcasts and shared with your friends. But mostly this episode of Rocket is terminated. 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 We are now... About to begin talking about <laughs> the last Jedi. Yes. Key music. Spoilers begin now. All right. Oh my god. Before before we get to the film, Christina. What was your 4D experience like? Like you gotta tell listeners. Definitely. All right. So so Regal Theaters have this new thing. So I guess that they're like a little bit like scared of AMC who has like the premium seating. I mean, Regal does too, but AMC has like the Dolby Atmos things that you can get where it's like this great screen and this great experience. And so they have this thing called 4DX. And basically it's, I mean, look, I, I don't think I would do this again, but it was, it was fun. It's kind of like, um, so you're on a seat. It's like getting into a theme park. It's like going to Disney World. And you get into a seat that moves around based on what's on the screen and then um, water like shoots at you at certain times when there's like water on screen and there's a uh, wind uh, like blowing behind your neck. And that's a little annoying when, <laughs> when you're going through wind tunnels, it's supposed to be a very immersive experience. I found, especially some of the times like they, they would kind of like kick you in the back, uh, <laughs> you know, to kind of like make you feel, you know, like the pressure of things. I found that a little annoying. I also found uh, the water after a certain point. I was like, I, I, I don't actually need this on my face. Um, I think for a film as long as The Last Jedi, I, by the end, I was like, I'm kind of over this. But it was fun. It was it was uh, it was a f- I'm glad I did it. I, I don't know if I would do it again. It's like at Disney World when they have that. It's like okay, I'm walking around outside in exactly, break. and it's five it's minutes in it's, sunlight it, forever. So if I get water all in my hair, I'm it's not going to be well, it will also, Yeah, well, also it's five minutes, right? Like so, right. it's fun in that five minutes. It's and it's fun at first when you do it. Like when when it when it opens up and you're like you know, kind of like tilted up and you're kind of moving around and it's like you're on a roller coaster. You're like, oh, this is cool. And then at, at a certain point, you're like, okay, yeah. can I just turn this off? Because you can actually turn the water off. I would have liked to have been able to tear, turn the wind off or just turn the whole thing off. I mean, like I would have just been fine watching it you know, stationary. But so did we? We didn't fine. ruin Star Wars for you by encouraging you, or nay, no, perhaps not. forcing you. Uh, I mean, you kind of did force me. It was you guys who were like, "You have to do it." And I we was did like, I'll say do it for the those pod. words. 
You did yeah, actually. So this was you have to do it. We so I, I did it for the pod. I don't regret it. I don't know if I do it again. Um, I think that AMC's equally um, expensive experience uh, in their Dolby Atmos is far superior. So if, if it were me spending my twenty six bucks or whatever a ticket, I would much rather be in a Dolby Atmos screening than in this. But uh, no, no, no regrets. And I have to actually say before we get into the film itself, I thought the three D on this was really good. Um, did I, you? I'm usually not. I didn't a, even yeah, notice I, it. Yeah, oh, I, that's why. I mean, that's why. That's why I liked it. I thought the three D was really subtle and really good. I thought it was. It was a good use of three D. That's good um, to know because I, I saw it two D, and I, I would, I guess, be interested in seeing it three D now that I know that it's good. Yeah. Now about the film itself. Uh, let's okay. Let's just do a, a one word round table. And I, I'll I'll say your name, and then you say your I guess a one word <laughs> reaction to the film. Brianna, uneven. Christina, too long. <laughs> fair. Simone, both fair. Fine. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. We all felt the same way. I'm going to start with Brianna's yeah. point. Um. So yes, this film totally uneven. was very uneven. Um, I, I felt in terms of story, it felt like it was bouncing around between a lot of things. I, yes, I would agree. Like I, I walked out of it thinking they had so many different strings, so many different things going on. Like I thought it was going to go in one direction and have one point of, of kind of conflict and it was something else. And and there were good points and bad points. I totally agree with uneven. Like I think that's that's the perfect mm-hmm. term for it. I, I, one of the points uh, of, of the bouncing where I thought it was going to go one way and then went another way that I actually did like was, I guess, the conflict between Poe and Admiral Holdo where it sort of yeah. turned out that – she we could trust her and like she was coded in a way like very very feminine um very uh withholding of information from poe who we love from the first film she was coded in a way where we were kind of set up to not trust her authority on that and her turning out to have been correct and poe to have kind of jumped the gun as uh i think is established in his characterization from the first film uh i i did really like that surprise of being like Leia put her trust in Admiral Holdo and Leia was correct in that. And Poe just needs to grow up a little bit in that scenario. Well, well, let's also, let's be real. The whole movie was Poe's fault. Mm. The whole thing from sure. the beginning was his fault. If he had, if he had come back when Leia told him to come back, they wouldn't have gotten that altercation that got them into the other thing. If he had listened to the Admiral and not sent um, a Rose and Finn, um, on on that mission, then they wouldn't have been found out, and and, and their plan of, es- of the escape pods wouldn't have blown up in their faces. Like the whole thing is Poe's fault. Like yep. honestly, the Every entire movie is Poe's fault. Every bit of it is his fault. And then what what bothers me is that then at the end, Leia's like, "Why are you asking me? Follow him." Like like he kind of becomes the de facto point. leader when yeah. he's done nothing to lead, and he honestly didn't even really learn to lead because. You know, Finn wasn't listening to him anyway. Finn was still going to go ahead and like sacrifice himself anyway. Um, anyway, so I, I anyway, the whole thing, the whole movie was Poe's fault. <laughs> I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, let's get there. There have been uh, articles out there that I've really agreed with saying this is a film that's kind of about mansplaining and gender politics in the office. Like you've got Poe at the very beginning of it. It's a scene we've seen in a thousand movies, not just Star Wars. Um, and you know, he's like in an X-Wing is about to go blow stuff up. Right. Uh, then it cuts and it turns out his like brilliant plan 
destroyed half their bombers so they can't defend themselves. Extremely the inefficient bombers. Right. I'm sorry. Right. What? Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. absolutely. So also, basic- why were the bombers in space? Uh, I don't know how they fell down, except maybe it's going to the artificial gravity wells. I was very confused about oh that. Oh, my God. But, yeah. But the, yeah, but the I, point about I'm gender not going to get into it, but I want to get into yeah. it, but I'm not going to do it. Carry on. Okay. 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 My point is like, you know, Poe is somebody that we like. I like Poe. And Leia and Hoda both make a real point to say, I like him. But he's somebody that second guesses Hoda when she comes on screen. He's like, oh, is that who she's supposed to be? Kind of dismisses her automatically. He assumes that he knows better. He's proven dead wrong. And, you know, that is a a motif that is through this film. You've got Ray, who's really doing the emotional labor for Luke, who's kind of stunted. She's doing it for both Luke and, you know, for, uh, what's his name? Oh, God. Uh, uh, Adam Diver. Yes. Kylo Kylo Ren. Ren. Yes. Um, Kylo Ren. Like, he's also emotionally stunted, and she's trying to do the emotional work for him. It's a very weird film, because you've got all these women that are really competent and in tune emotionally, and they're surrounded by men that are kind of stunted. It's almost like real life. Uh, Yes. I mean, Luke being key chief amongst them, uh, I think. Uh, You know, speaking of, like, emotionally stunted men, Luke is, is, like right up there but let's talk yeah. about uh christina's point of it being too long which i 100 yes. percent agree with it was like 30 minutes too it was long. a film was that needed things- to be edited I, I and i think that the parts that dragged for me it it felt like there were one or two too many um spaceship battles yes mm-hmm. i agree yeah and like when at the I, point I, yep. where they got to the final planet um and they began the finally final battle oh. in the salt field which was very visually cool i was like but we just had a, a space battle exactly. a few minutes ago we just like, had I, this i, I no, do not need and, one and, more and, and then that whole setup of, of having you know the, the 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 destroyer you know the battering ram made very little sense too it's like you've got all these other weapons like why aren't you just go you know like yeah. i don't know yeah I, i'm with you but i i was at that point i was just tired i was just and it wasn't just because you know i was being uh, shaken around um, and and had water blown in my face. Um, it was just you know there 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 had been so much going on that I was just kind of like, really, is this movie still happening? Um, yeah, I, I thought that it needed to be about thirty minutes. Uh, about thirty minutes should have been cut. Um, I liked you know some of the humor. I, I thought the porgs were the best thing. I thought they were so good. One, I, I want more one. than fish space nuns. I like I uh, like fish the, the, space the, the, nuns the, the, a lot. I, I yeah. li- I like the nuns, but I just I I want a little porg. I want one for my for my for, to, to join my <laughs> stuffed animal collection. They're just so cute. Um, but I thought the fish space space nuns were really good. But yeah, by the time that final battle happened, I just felt like all of like our energy and, and excitement was was exhausted. It was also weird to me that you know that whole thing came a good thirty minutes after you know the 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 force between Ray and and and, and oh. Kylo Ren. Oh. Um sorry, put put a note yep, in there. Put uh, it Simone, in. I'm gonna, immediately uh, putting I'm, it I'm, in. Which is what he wanted to do, am I right? Ladies? Of course. It is. It is. It is. And you guys, if we, she's uh, into we, him too. She's in She him. is. Yeah. You guys, I've been shipping the two of them. We're going to talk about it in a second. I've been shipping the two of them since the first movie. I went back and 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 like looked at our episode that we did 2 years ago on on um uh, Force Awakens and I was talking about Force and it came to fruition this time. Anyway, though, it just felt like it was weird that the final sequence took place so long after their kind of standoff. 
Like I felt like that standoff could have been the end of the movie Mm -hmm. and, and, and let up to have kind of like a conflict to go into the third film. I felt like my biggest problem with this was that there was no conflict going into the third film. It's like there was hope at the end. And, and that to me, like empire, what makes it so great is that everything's awful and you don't know how they're going to get out of this. And then, you know, Jedi, they, they, they're able to get out of it. Whereas this one, it's like, okay, they're battered and there are only a few of them left, but they have hope. And then they have that, you know, little kid at the end. I'm like, I, I didn't need that. I wanted, I wanted to feel like, you know, there was some sort of, um, challenge that there was like, conflict yeah and, like, and i felt like I, I all the been, conflict i'm was okay removed. with the the hope ending but i absolutely agree that the conflict that i wanted at the end unresolved is like ray and kylo ren face off and are torn apart like what happens next between yeah. two superpowers not yeah. they're torn apart and then they go back to the planet and then they have another space battle and then half an hour passes and everyone gets away and then we have hope no i i want i want everyone to like rescue but then we're kind of left with this situation of where do these two most powerful characters go from here and now like you said they've kind of been taken back to that they've been taken back to square one each where they're each on their own sides and like they've grown but they're in a position where we know exactly where they're starting from um so let's talk about the force before uh, before we do that can i say a few things about this okay so i feel like the entire subplot i love Finn and Rose, and I really love yes. Rose. I really love I Rose. I loved Rose, too. I, I loved her for a lot of reasons. I, I want her, like, if she's a Disney princess, I would buy anything with, like, Rose memorabilia I thought Rose it. was great. Because what, yeah. what it bothered me, like, from the beginning, because I didn't know what role Rose was going to play, was that this, this cute Asian girl, like, saves, you know, d- completes Finn's stupid mission and yep. then dies. And yep. I'm like why does the Asian girl have to die? Right. Like, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, what the hell? Also, she was really cute. I was like, that's not cool. And then, you know, her sister takes on this big role. And I thought, I thought Rose was really good. Uh, I will say, I thought that the only thing I that bothered me, I loved Rose. I loved everything about her was her stepping in to sacrifice herself for Finn. I felt like that was completely unnecessary. Yeah, that kind of, that kind I, of I was like, I was like, why are you doing yeah. that? Like, mm-hmm. no, I'm really, but, really but, glad that, I mean, she's alive and we'll see her in the next film I, because better. she's freaking we amazing. Better. But she's like, so no. one of the great characters. Again, a woman makes like the, the correct emotional choice. <laughs> Thanks Ryan Johnson for understanding how great we are. Yeah, she's also not like a, a size six, right? Like, yeah, she's, I was she's, going to say, I loved that yeah, that she's yeah. not like uh, her sister was like the stereotypically hot one. Like, not to say yeah, she's yeah. not beautiful, but like, no, you know is, what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she's very yeah. pretty. But but she's not like, yeah, exactly. She she, she looks she's like a normal person. Very relatable. Very yes. relatable. I liked her a lot. But as much as I like her, as much as I like Finn. I thought their entire Casino Planet like thing was just a waste of everyone's time. It added very little to the movie. The entire Codebreaker thing, you could have done yeah. that in a way that was quicker and just, I mean, I tell you, it felt like this was a movie with the first thirds, the second third, and a third thirds. And like through second thirds, I'm going like, this is a bad Star Wars movie. And then by the third thirds, I'm going, this is okay. And then by the fourth thirds, I'm like, <laughs> okay, this is a good Star Wars movie. Like, I really liked that final act, but they, they needed to get rid of more stuff in the middle because it just, it, yeah. It's interesting because the way that I feel about that whole subplot is 
it was it was really really fun and i enjoyed it yeah. but it didn't happen at a good time because the situation exactly. with the star destroyer was so tense yeah. and people were like yeah, exactly. whole ships of people are literally dying and it was and jarring like, to yeah, go back and, and, and forth and, and, and they're exactly and they're gallivanting around like meanwhile like 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 ray and 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 you know uh, kylo ren are, are doing their dance yeah you're right it was not in the right spot i enjoyed the fun of it but yeah it totally felt off i will say that even though i agree with you brie i think that a lot of that went on too long i really enjoy benicio del toro yes i thought i thought thought he was great i thought his turn was really good and not expected the way i thought it was going to be i thought that was really good and um I, i liked that a lot do you know why Dark Knight is such a good film? That when they were originally writing the script for it, they had Dark Knight as two separate scripts yeah. written by that team. And, you know, you have the thing where um, basically, you know, Harvey Dent is created and then Harvey Dent's fall. That was going to be the third movie. Then they put them together in this film that is too long, but it's also perfect it's at the perfect. same time. It's perfect. And they did that same formula for Dark Knight Rises. This is in this weird area where they tried to do <laughs> two screenplays together, but it's not long enough to like have that emotional arc at the end of it. It's just exactly. weird length. There's not long enough to have true profundity. Well, but well, it's it, too, it, felt, yeah. it felt like it was two movies kind of glommed together. Yeah. It felt like they had – it felt like like the, like the, the Ray Kylo Ren thing never didn't to me resonate with the rest of what was happening. Mm-hmm. Really? Like, I mean, it, oh. it, 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 I, I mean, what I'm saying though, I thought that stuff was great, right? I thought it was some of the strongest stuff of the movie, but I felt like, I, as integral to the plot, I don't feel like it was necessary. And the fact that everything that was happening uh, with, with you know, with with the 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 um uh, the the rebels being um or, or the resistance, sorry, with the resistance <laughs> being attacked, um, was because you know the the empire coming for them was because um they they kind of started first like that wasn't intrinsic on anything with 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 the ray kylo ren stuff you know mm-hmm. like that was it, it was already in motion and that stuff was already happening their their whole side thing was just like a completely different you know it was kind of carried over from the first one but it was just kind of a completely different thing it wasn't really associated until the final act yes. it wasn't really even even part of it you know what i mean like and now it's time to talk about it the thing that uh the force or yeah the last jedi perhaps did the best in my opinion <laughs> which is the interactions between Ray and Kylo Ren which yes. like you said definitely don't meld into that overarching plot but I have to say like I came out of the Force Awakens not agreeing with you Christina I came out of the Force Awakens I being remember, like I, I don't understand why people ship Ray and Kylo Ren like I'm so just good. not that interested and I went into this movie and the very first time they like force communicate like my body had a reaction i was like oh (laughs) you're communicating your connection is so strong that you're communicating across space and then you oh my god you're touching across space kylo ren is sexting her force sexting her across space they're force sexting they are they're They're sexting and i was force sexting they're so into each other like it took like one instance of that and i was like i'm on the train now here yeah, I am. Yeah. Their chemistry yeah. is great. And and I have to say, like, I still can't every time I see him as Kylo Ren, I'm like, 
Adam from Girls. Yeah, he's, that's he's, why he's, I can't get into him because he's such a jerk on that show. But, but, but then he's, so he's come Anna. around. Yeah, 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 exactly. They're they're all yeah. terrible on Girls. But yeah. no, but he's Everyone. come around so much. And and he was also in uh, that Martin Scorsese film with uh, Andrew Garfield last year. He was in a really good role as that as as, as a oh, monk. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he he was really good in that. He's a really good actor. Like. Who knew? Like that, she, yeah. he's, the be- he's the best thing Lena Dunham has ever created. Right. Um, Absolutely, uh, honestly. Uh, um, uh, uh, like, like that's the one thing that the Lena Dunham created that's like not completely problematic and like over. You know what I mean? Like, honestly, yeah. like, like yeah. Well, Adam Driver, Adam Driver, a diver. But yeah, he he was so good. He was good in this and and their relationship. And yeah, I'm I'm gonna tell you, you gotta have to get ready to bleep again. The force was so good. I mean, it was I hot. Was, it, was it was so hot. hot. I was like, I was like. Yep. Are little kids going to understand like the sexual tension it, that is happening right now? Like, I, like I why just... is mom so excited? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and 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 like I, you know, Grant, my husband, he wasn't as into shirtless Adam Diver. He was like, I think that was a little weird. I was like, <laughs> I thought it was good. I thought the whole thing like worked. I loved it because it was on the other foot for once. Right? Yes, like he how was many objectified. All those she... have I gone to where like Alice, what's her name from Star Trek, is like topless for no reason, and it's like, thank you, I appreciate this. So square. <laughs> yeah. Oh yes. Uh, any any other thoughts about the Last Jedi? So bring them out. Me, I know. Like Empire. It, for me, Empire is my favorite film because it's yeah. the darkest um, of those. But as as much as I like that film, I have never felt like Luke's scenes with Yoda really emotionally resonated with me right because i don't like like as you point out christina um luke is you know uh mark hamill is not a great actor back yeah, he's then. terrible oh, and I, I, even now let's be honest he's a terrible actor. i thought i thought it was it, they specifically wrote this version of luke to his strengths and added a lot of humor so it was better yeah. but it wasn't great so but my point here is like for that film I don't really, I can't get into any of those characters. Like someone that's whiny, that won't Mm -hmm. step up to his responsibility. I don't like that person. And Yoda, this like, oh, I know everything better than you, but I'm not going to be straight with you about what you're here to learn. It's like, you're a bad teacher, Yoda. You shut up. And, but this, this like growth scene of a Jedi with Luke and Rey, I emotionally connected with this fiercely because you know for me um i'm somebody that was adopted and ray's whole like um emotional arc of trying to get past parents that just threw her away like garbage that really resonates Mm. with me um you know and then luke being so closed off and bitter from the experiences in his life yeah that's something i i don't think that's who i am but it's a danger i can imagine mm-hmm. so this was it was just really well done and i like that a lot yes i i can't believe that i i completely forgot uh luke to talk about luke's arc because it is very important uh yeah i i did really like those scenes between luke and ray i did not enjoy the yoda scene in this film i thought it was a distraction i thought the final yoda scene i thought the first time we saw him i was like whatever but i actually liked the final one i thought that was kind of i thought that was more poignant than than i've seen yoda in a while or maybe i was just distracted because they finally did a 3d version of yoda really really well (laughs) (laughs) Susanna said that that was uh um practical effects oh well then that's why 
Huh, okay. Well, so I, that's I, I actually did not like the way there that it go. looked at all. But oh, really? you I know, it's each their off. own. I thought I thought it looked good. I I I, I enjoyed it. I don't know. I, I, I thought that the Yoda finally looked good. Um How do we feel about Luke's death? Eh, whatever. Uh, very, very, you know, he was the same age in the last movie as uh, Obi-Wan was when he died. So, um, yeah, I think it's, uh, I thought it was fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm okay yeah, with that. I, I was fine with it. I, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I've never really been a Luke Skywalker fan. Mm-hmm. Kind yeah. of the reasons that the Brie outline, I just feel like he's whiny and I'm like, yep. whatever. And yeah. and in this film, I although he, he you know, had some growth. Because Mark Hamill, I'm sorry, is not a good actor. Um, I agree with you. They wrote to his strengths, but he's not a good actor. I just, I, I kind of felt like, you know, he spent the whole movie kind of like lying about things and kind of hiding from his responsibilities. And then he shows up to, you know, be the freaking hero. And I'm like, all right, whatever. Like, I don't know. I mean. I, yeah, I think the the way, the thing that I did like about his death, like, we're, I, I do think that his arc could have, his arc from, like, reluctant hero to sacrificing himself hero could have been more cohesive. The thing that I really liked about his death was actually that it was, the, the, the literal way that it happened, because I really, when people were rumoring that Luke was going to die in this film, which does make sense given that han died in the the last film i was like i i you know i saw han solo stabbed with a lightsaber and thrown into one of those spaceship caverns that exist on every spaceship in star wars and that was really sad and really good but i don't want a repeat of that experience so for me what i really liked about this was seeing a different kind of death for you know, yeah. a childhood hero. And I thought it was really yep. beautiful that he was able to sacrifice himself and die, but without a violent death. Yeah, I agree with that. I li- I think you're right. I like that a lot. I also felt like, you know, he, he had said that he'd gone, you know, to that mountain or whatever, he'd gone there to die. And it, he was kind of done with everything. And, and it was more like, okay, he finally, you know, he, he taught Ray what he needed to teach her. He felt like he came to terms with his demons. And then he, you know, he faced Kylo Ren and, and, and died now finally having, having actually completed what he was, yeah. had, you know, needed to accomplish. Can we just say though, that like, oh, Luke is broken. Oh, Kylo Ren is broken. Can we just give some freaking credit to like Princess Leia? Exactly. Got out there. Kicking ass, working hard, being a general, watching her team recovering from like near death. Right, right, all of that. Her whole life. So Luke is broken. Han is broken. Kylo Ren is broken. All of them. But like Princess Leia is out there getting it done. And same thing with Ray. She has such a. A quiet maturity. Yes, and and, and the same thing ferocity. with Laura Dern. Uh, what, what, what was her character's name? Holdo. 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 It was so good. Like I was actually really upset that that character. I mean, I understood why, but I was. I would. I would like to see. Yeah, her come back somehow. Her scene with Carrie Fisher or with Princess Leia, uh, yeah, was, was really good. so good. Mm. It was so good, and I, that was gorgeous because i felt like i mean obviously they filmed that before carrie fisher passed away but it did legitimately feel like it was like a goodbye to carrie fisher it It was beautiful it did it was great i mean that was kind of the only weird thing is is that it's very unclear how they're going to write leia out of the third film Mm -hmm. so i I took a look again at uh the polygon article um about uh where, where disney said we quote unquote have no plans to do CGI Leia um, in the next film. 
I taken at face value, that means they don't want to do it. Uh, taken, I, I guess, take those words literally rather, uh, means that they have no plans, but they might. Um, the film, I believe, doesn't start shooting until spring because it's not coming out next Christmas. Right. Um, so I, I do hope that they're not going to because I think it would be uh, weird, but I also wouldn't put it past them to... I mean, I think that they'd need to... I would only be okay with it if that's what's necessary to say goodbye to the character. I, yes. Because I, I, yes. I, I would say this. It would be weird, and, and I think in some ways a little odd if they explain, like, in the opening scroll that Leia has passed away off screen. Like, yeah. That, yeah. That, that doesn't feel right either. You know what really? I'm saying? Yes, yes. Huh. Okay. I, I, don't, I, I don't think that that feels right. Like, I feel like she'd recovered and, and things were okay. I feel like if she's going to die you know, we need to, if not see it, at least have it acknowledged. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. It does I, really I, suck I, that, uh, you know, the, the, the main trio was all going to get their own film in this new trilogy yeah. and that we yeah. are being denied a film about Princess Leia. Yeah, it sucks. It sucks. <sighs> I do have to say this, though. If the movie had ended after she, like, floats out into space and uh-huh. just magically, because of the Force, comes back to life, I would have given this movie zero stars. Because oh, I was so dumb. And it was so cringeworthy. Oh, that was and so bad. anyone that understands what happens to your body yes. in space and the way your eyeballs explode. When she opened her eyes, I was like, she opened her eyes. Darn it. She's moving no. her hands and then she's flying back. Oh, and I'm like, God. no, you would be no. gone. I was like, I guess the Jedi children are magic. I mean, honestly... I'm glad they didn't do this because it would have been really dark. But like if, if that had happened and then they would have to come to terms with the loss of their leader, that could have actually been an interesting way. Yeah. Honestly, I wish I they agree. had done that because I they, I know they had stuff filmed, but it was it was an out. They had an out uh, that could have made it so that they didn't need to resolve this in the third film. And they didn't take it. And I, I don't know what's going on beside, behind the scenes, obviously. But they're going to have to find a way to write her out satisfyingly. And I think that that is going to be very hard to do. Yeah, I, I agree. Because I, I think they've had their way. And and they kind of blew it. Because they sh- they could have let her kind of go with, you know, in, in a f- But, sorry. Um, <laughs> that after show I'm, Christina is in full I'm force. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, but they could have let her go in a way that was really tragic and kind of like off-putting. You know what I mean? That It would have made yes. it a totally different film. Yes. I get that. It would have made it tonally really different. But I also feel like tonally, I think that was my biggest problem with the film. Is like I said before, I felt like it ended on this everything's tied up in a button resolves note. Whereas for a trilogy you kind of need that, that feeling of conflict, unless as you say, Brie, you're doing, you know, the dark Knight, and the dark Knight rises thing where, where you're kind of, you know, completing the, 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 um, the Harvey, uh, dent arc, um, in, in dark Knight. but even like dark Knight, it, it, you know, it, 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 it stands alone as kind of a, it, its own film. Right. Yeah. But there definitely. was, still, it, but, but, it, you know, they do kind of leave open this this conflict of what's how is Batman going to deal with the repercussions of what he's created and what he's done, and and that's what fuels the final film. Whereas I don't really know what's going in. I mean, everybody's on their own sides, but yet we, I, I don't know. I but I I don't the know. The battle where lines that goes are in. just as clearly drawn as they were at the end of exactly. the last film. Whereas 
Whereas what I actually thought was the most interesting thing that they didn't really go into was Ray's, you know, draw to the dark side. I mm-hmm. thought that that would have been really interesting to see her pulled more in that direction. I thought that would have been really interesting. Like I, I was expecting it to end with both her and Kylo Ren on the dark side. I thought that's how it was going to end, and we were going to try yeah, to figure out how, how to get Ray back. And I, I think too. that, if I'm being honest, I think that would have been a much more interesting film. I agree. I agree. Like the, I like Ray a lot, but her. <laughs> I want to see her not be perfect. Do you yes, know what I exactly. mean? I want to see her lose control. I want to see her, you know, like it's like all the guys in this film get to be really flawed. And I love Ray cause she's, she's tough and she's, she's amazing, but she doesn't need to be perfect. She, she doesn't need to be perfect. I, I think that makes her just that much more relatable. That's what we need. I think that's really the next step for, you know, women in film that are heroes is Agreed. like, when can to women have them be messy be perfect? and dirty? In yeah. and it's eight. <laughs> Yeah, Absolutely. Ocean's Eight. And honestly, yeah. I think that's why Charlie's Thrawn has been so great, both in Mad Max and in Atomic Blonde. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I think Absolutely. that's why. Like, I've been really happy that Charlie's Thrawn has like had this like second career as an action star, um, because I think that 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 her roles have been really good. But I agree, that's why we need Ocean's Eight because Ocean's Eight looks like they're going to give us the full thing. But that that would be like my, my my one complaint with this is I agree with you, Brie. Like, I I, I Ray is too perfect, and I I was expecting them to for her to go to the dark side. And for the third film to be about getting her back, and instead it's just mm. you know sa- it's it's all about saving saving you know Ben's soul. I'm sorry, I refuse to call him Ben. His name is Kylo Ren. Uh, <laughs> yes, I agree with that. What are you, his mom? <laughs> oh my goodness, Simon, have you seen Atomic Blonde? Not yet, because and I know that it is really an hot. affront to it God so that I haven't hot. seen it. it I know. Really hot. Hot. No, you have to. No, you have to. It's so really hot. Like, have oh my to God. See it. Like wow. 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 I promise. I promise I will. Uh, we just want you to live your best life. That's And my that's best all life I'm involves saying. bisexual Charlize Theron as a super uh-huh. spy. Uh-huh. Yeah. I know it so does. So hot. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, well, wow, we already terminated the show, so I guess we just, like, hang up now. We, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we Thank you all for listening. Us. We want to hear you guys. Uh, y'all want to, to terminate part two. Uh, pew, pew, pew. Maybe that's what we say. Yes. Okay. Terminated part two. Pew. Pew, pew, pew. Pew, pew, pew. Pew, pew, pew.